Okay, welcome to No Excuses Real Inspiration. Like I said, every time. Okay, so I need to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> okay. We are still recording. So, welcome to No Excuses Real Inspiration, hosted by Scott Marshall. So, welcome, Sarah. You are the overdue catch-up. So this is our second episode together. However, this is episode 102. So big numbers now. So for the viewers and the listeners, just give a wee recap of who you are and what you currently do, Sarah. Yeah, um, my name is Sarah McMahon. I'm, um, I live here in Southern California in Laguna Beach. Um, I run ultra marathons and I work um, for a race registration company. Actually, I work for Run Sign Up, um, which is a US based race registration company. So, okay. And obviously, the last time we interviewed was 2021. So it was a wee while ago. And, mm-hmm. and it's quite funny because on my timeline, um, actually popped up our very first episode together and got released uh, on the 25th of February 2022. Um, So it's been a year since the actual episode was aired, which was pretty cool. So let's talk about 2022 and how that evolved for yourself, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, 2020, it was a bunch of um, changes. So I um, got a new job. I um, got I had a few injuries that I was dealing with. So um, yeah, I think um, the, the my season as far as like running goes was a little bit delayed. I was injured um, about this time last year and I didn't run for a couple months. And then, um, and I think it was a lot of things. I think I was a little overtrained and I was in a new job and I was kind of stressed out. And I think that's something people don't think about too much is when you're stressed out in other ways, like your athletic performance can suffer um, or you can get injured and stuff um, because it doesn't just go away. Like stress accumulates from sort of any side of your life. So, um, so yeah, I spent a couple of months um, trying to recover and then I got better. I was doing, um, I was up in Lake Tahoe for a 50K broken arrow pretty like famous 50k here and I got like three miles in and I like strained my hamstring and I had to stop <laughs> yeah and I, I mean I drove like nine my or nine hours to get there and everything and it was just like I waited for COVID to be done to do this race like I was yeah. signed up for 2020 I waited two years to do it drove nine hours, and then just like got three miles in and had to stop I was good that I stopped though because if I kept going I would have probably hurt myself way way worse so yeah absolutely and, you know, let's talk about that, you know, being injured and coming back, how, how your mindset, you know, obviously when you're injured, it's like, you know, you're watching social media, you're watching your friends post on Strava, etc. And it's it's hard to watch, you know, if you're sitting in the house and you're, you're not moving. Yeah, yeah. I tried to actually not look at Strava because <laughs> it just like... <laughs> just like made me feel like I was missing out. Um, but, but yeah, it was hard. I like, I, it's a lot of like social time for me. Like I want to go, um, running with my friends and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a bummer. And then, you know, having an injury that like, like it was nagging me for a while. I was trying everything. I was doing like those, um, that one of those like electro, like, you know, I don't know what it's called where you like put the pads on your muscle. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Uh, so I did that. I was getting massages. I was trying to come back because I had a race in August, a hundred miler. Um, and I got injured um, in June. So I didn't have very, very much time to get better. So, um, so yeah, but then that hundred miler, I, uh, I didn't finish because I was sort of like overcompensating um, for my injury and like messed up my other leg and it was just a mess. So I, I dropped it like mile 55 of that hundred. So, and then like, uh, on the way home from that hundred, I was like, oh, I think I'm, I think I could do this again. Like I want to try again. So I signed up, um, for a different hundred miler on my way home from that hundred miler that was only like three weeks later. <laughs> so I kind of like set my body right. Um, went out to Arizona and did that hundred miler and I finished that one, but it was really difficult. It was, um, Gosh, it took me 32 hours. So it was tough. Okay. So, um, you know, if you were, you know, at your peak fitness and you you weren't injured at that point, obviously you were carrying an injury going into that race, you know, full potential. What time would you like to complete a hundred miler in? Yeah, I think it's all different, honestly. Like that course was just really technical and really tough. A lot of like climbing and stuff like that. Um, and there was like a hailstorm in the middle of it. So um, that one, and nobody finishes like fast, you know, like the fastest yeah. woman. Yeah, I think the fastest woman was like 29 hours or something. Right. So, okay. um, so it wasn't like that slow. But my first 100, I ran in 23 hours and it was just a smoother course, um, not as much climbing. So it just really depends, you know, on the technicality of the course. It's hard to like compare um, course to course. So that's what some, sometimes I do like um, a race like two years in a row just to see like this year I did Black Canyon um, again this last weekend I did it and I did it last year as well. Um, just because I can easier, it's easier to compare like my results year over year on the same course, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, yeah. you know, talking of doing that, what about, you know, psychological, you know, mindset when when you're doing it for the second time because you, you kind of know, oh, this, this part of the course is coming up so you know when yeah. to rent it back and then go for it? Yeah, I think it's really helpful to do um, races twice just mentally because you, you exactly, you know what's coming. Um, you kind of know, specifically with Black Canyon, it starts with like this... 20 mile like downhill section so everyone starts really fast um and then they kind of blow up later and yeah. i experienced that last year and so this year i was like intentionally holding myself back um it, it was a little bit like yeah i do remember uh, each section of the course like nothing was a surprise i guess um which is i guess easier as well mentally um because you don't have to think about the course and um, we already know what's coming so, um, but then there, there's some courses that I would do every year. Like I would do Black Canyon um, probably every year, but there's some that I just, they're not as fun, I guess. I don't know. So. Right. Okay. So over the years that you've been doing ultras, you know, yeah. how, how many courses would you say you've done roughly? Oh, that's a good question. I believe, like maybe like 20, close okay. to 20. Yeah. And only a couple that I've done twice. And it's always been in the U.S.? Yeah, so far, yeah. I'm looking at one in Hawaii for that's, uh, this is also the U.S. I know the U.S. is in Hawaii, but that's a further, further trip. But I would love to do UTMB at some point. Um, okay. Over in yeah. And then you mentioned um, a new job. So what does that entail? Yeah, so my new job is, um, so it's a sales job. 
Um, Run Sign Up is a race registration platform. So if you're looking for like a 5K, 10K, something like that, um, marathons, they have bike races, ski races, a lot of ski races right now, um, snowshoe races, triathlons, really any sporting event. Um, but so I, where you are. <laughs> oh my God. Zoom is in my head in today. <laughs> yeah, you kind of freeze every time. And I'm like, is he just sitting still or is he frozen? No, no, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> Uh, right, so you were talking about your job and the registration. Yeah, so it's a race registration platform. We also have a ticketing platform for like events. So I work with event directors and race directors, uh, trying to get them to like use our platform. Um, the platform is like free to use. You don't have to pay anything up front. Um, the only thing we charge is a processing fee at checkout. So, yeah. um, so the sale isn't like oh, like get get these people to like sign a contract and shovel over like fifty grand. Like a lot of tech sales are like very like get a contract, um, have them give you a lot of money right away and stuff, but this is a little bit different. So, um, so it's a, it's, it's fun for me because I get to work with event directors and race directors. Um, and it's good. I mean, I've been here almost a year now and I feel like, uh, settling into the job and stuff, but, but sales is kind of, you know, a little bit stressful always anyway, because you've got like metrics to hit and everything like that and commission, you want to make your commission numbers and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh, absolutely. And, Obviously, your main sport is running, yeah? Mm. yeah, yeah. But obviously, now you're you're working with different directors that you know push for triathlon and you know different skiing, etc. Would that ever do you ever have the avenue to go and try new sports? Uh, for me, me trying yeah. new sports. Yeah, I I would I mean I've tried um, skiing and stuff. I just don't live close to like a mountain that I can ski on like consistently. I grew up in Wisconsin, so I used to cross country ski a lot, and I found that was really um, a great workout, really fun, and just a good way to get outside when it's cold out. I um, mean, it's not like ever cold in Southern California, but um, I like I kind of like seasons, and I liked you know the ability to just be active even when it was yeah. really cold. But um, but yeah, I, I spend most of my time running or I do weightlifting. I also do hot yoga as a way to like supplement my training. Yeah. Um, the hot yoga I love as well, just because it's, um, feels good to sweat so much, feels good to stretch out and everything. And it kind of helps with like, it's kind of like being in a sauna a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Would you, what about triathlon doing all three sports? Would that be on your bucket list to do? Yeah. I'd have to learn how to swim. That's my biggest, like, I can't swim very well. So I think I'd have to learn how to swim um, and get a bike. Yeah. So maybe someday, but not right now. Yeah. The swimming, the swimming, honestly, like, the wetsuit keeps you afloat. So don't worry about That's that. It. it keeps you buoyant. buoyant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think, oh, you're just going to sink. But I turned up to my very first competition in 2019. Um, it was open water, um, and you know you can bring your your toe float along with you. And I, I've got my toe float there, and then the competition uh, director was standing there. I was like, "No, no toe float, your wetsuit only." And I was like, "Shit, <laughs> I, I don't know how to do this." But that was a challenge for me. Um, but um, I managed to go and do the free k uh, last year um, but to be honest like the enjoyment um, to enjoy that course again I would go and do 1500 in the water because 
3,000 you know, metres. It's a long time, but it's pretty boring. Um, so a short distance for me to make it more enjoyable. Yeah, I would probably do like a sprint or something like that. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, uh, it'd be totally new for me. Um, I do. I used to bike. I don't have a bike anymore. So, you know, it's a lot of, um, it's not just like the time to train all three modalities, but it's also just like having all the gear um, and stuff like that. And they're typically like a little more expensive than just running. But also, I don't know, some of my ultra marathons are also really expensive. Like I signed up for a hundred for October that was almost $500. So wow. it's... Um, yeah, they're not cheap. <laughs> Everyone thinks running is cheap, but I, it's it's not really if you kind of add up all the gear it takes and then the racing. So oh, absolutely. And when you're doing obviously a hundred miles at least, would you go for a certain pace or would you try and obviously push it a wee bit further and to finish it faster? Yeah, I think uh, definitely. It depends, again, on the course. Um, like the one I signed up for in October is a relatively flat 20-mile loop that you just do five times. And that one, I would uh, definitely try to uh, kind of like moderate the pace. It's easy to start too fast, especially when you're doing 100 miles, um, at least for me, because uh, you don't like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like I'm running slow, which is how you sort of should feel for like the first section, just so you can feel good later. Um, but I think I can do that race in like definitely maybe like 21 hours or so. So yeah. we'll see. But there I have another one um, in July and it's called AC 100. It was one of the first 500 mile races in America. So um, I'm excited about that one, but that one's like in the mountains. So that one will okay. be slower. Yeah. Right. So when you've done your your last 100 miles there, um, well, was a section, sorry. There, there was no spectators and there was no else around about you. There was, um, there was points where uh, my crew could be like, I think there was only like five, five points where my boyfriend could be like waiting for me yeah. um, along the course. But other than that, there was no, um, not really any people around, you know, right. the only people I was seeing are other runners and then people at the aid stations. So, yeah, and I also didn't have a pacer. You can usually have a pacer for, like, the last, from mile 60 onward, you could have somebody yeah. run with you. Um, but I didn't have anybody run with me. Um, and I wish I would have in the nighttime. My lights were, like, not functioning totally well. Um, and so the night kind of slowed me down a little bit. And then I started hallucinating as well, which uh, has never happened to me before. So that was interesting. I was seeing things in the forest, like I was seeing people that weren't there. I saw a police officer uh, or what I thought was a police officer. And I was like, sir, am I going the right way? And he was kind of like, he just stood there and looked at me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I think he's like part of my brain. He wasn't actually there. So, yeah, it was it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about how did you fuel for a 100 mile run? Yeah, that's a really good question because um it's hard, right? It's like hard to like, I think it's difficult to like eat while you're running and moving and you have to eat. Like I was eating for like 32 hours straight. So, um, I eat the uh, spring energy is what it's called. And it's like all natural food gels. They actually have a shorter shelf life because they go bad. Cause it's just real food. Um, but there's one in particular that tastes like applesauce that I use and it's 200 calories for like a little packet. Um, so it's a little more calorie dense than a typical gel might be. Usually gels have like, I don't know, like 90 or 100 calories. Um, 
So I like those. Um, I eat those. I was eating those all day just because they didn't upset my stomach. Um, but I eat a lot of potatoes and um, I drank a lot of uh, Coke later on. <laughs> um, okay. But that's kind of like what I eat. And then sometimes like at some aid stations, I was eating more like real food, like a quesadilla or um, they had one aid station with like pancakes and bacon. And I tried to eat a pancake and it just was not going to that was not going to settle. So kind of kind of eating what you can like keep down, you know. And then obviously when you go running, do you track it? Obviously, 100 miles, do you track it via your watch or Strava? Yeah. So what what would the average number be for somebody to do 100 miles? How many calories would they burn? Oh, my watch told me that I burned like 10,000 calories, um, which is insane. Um, But also, I definitely didn't eat 10,000 calories, you know, so it's tough yeah. to like offset the amount of energy you're expending, but yeah. You know, I don't know how accurate that is, you know, I think it's just based on your heart rate. Yeah, and you know, you know the, the Stoltman brothers, the world's strongest man? Uh, oh, yeah. Right, so I watched uh, a documentary on him and his brother um, and basically they need to consume between 10 and 11,000 calories per day no yes. oh my gosh <laughs> seems like a job like a just full-time job just to like eat <laughs> you know you know how is that it's only sustainable if you are famous and you are getting you know effectively people sending you all this food tampers because there's no way the normal person could sustain that amount of calories with the food in at prices yeah yeah, I mean, it just buying all the food too, like that's so much food. So I'm much food. Yeah. <laughs> um, so crazy. Uh, another question for you, Sarah. Are you still writing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I still write my blog. Um, every twice a week, I post on my blog. Um, I still write and perform poetry as well, which has come back now since the pandemic. There's been like lots of different events to go to, which has been fun. Um, but yeah, always definitely still writing. And then let's talk about 2023. So obviously you've got another few of these views. Your audio is cutting out. I can't hear you. No. One, oh, that's better. Okay. So, obviously, 2023, um, you've got a few races that you've got on your agenda. So, what other goals uh, for yourself personally would you like to achieve this year? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's not, I don't know if there's like one single goal that I have for myself. I didn't make a New Year's resolution or anything. <laughs> But um, I just, I, you know, I'm just continuing to be consistent with what I'm doing, you know, like um, consistently writing. I'm accumulating work for um, a book that I'll publish eventually. You know, I'm not sure when that timeline will um, matriculate. But then, um, you know, as far as my career, just also um, making sure I'm, 
you know, achieving my monthly goals and everything like that too. So, um, so yeah, it's not just, I don't, I don't think I have like one specific goal. I think probably my goal running wise is just to stay uninjured (laughs) this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a bummer to get injured and, um, and I'm, I'm really trying to do everything right. You know, I'm doing all the, the strength training, um, to make sure I'm addressing weaknesses I have and, um, stuff like that. So, um, and it's, it's fun to, to race as well from like a, a mental perspective. Cause when I don't race for a while and I come back to it, I get like all up in my head. So it's kind of fun to just like consistently race and it helps me like deal with it mentally, I think too. So, yeah. No, good. Um, it's good to have small goals and long-term goals. Obviously, like your book, you want to get that published. So yeah. if anyone wants to reach out to you, Sarah, regarding running, writing, poetry, etc., um, can they do that um, via Instagram, Facebook? Yeah, um, Instagram's probably the best way. My handle is just McMountain. <laughs> and I have a blog, which is at theprosiest.com, so they can find me there as well. No, great. Um, it's been great to catch up with you, Sarah, and I look forward to seeing um, what unfolds for you this year, especially with your running. Um, Thank you. But just before we round up, have you got any questions for myself? Um, I don't know. I'm curious what you're doing this year, like as far as training and stuff. Are you going to mm-hmm. do another try? or? Well, this year I have got... I'm not running it though. I'm walking it. I'm walking uh, Scotland's or Britain's highest mountain, uh, Ben Nevis. I'm doing that. So, nice. but I'm doing it on the Saturday. Um, and then the Sunday, I'm going to run the men's 10K in Glasgow. So that'll be a tough weekend on the legs. Um, and yeah. That's in June. Uh, and then later on in the year, I've got the Great Scottish Run um, in Glasgow. So that's 3rd of October. Um, Last year, they mismeasured the, the course wrong, and um, so it was like a hundred meters short. I don't know how mm. they could do that, um, yeah. but if I can get a better time on last year's time, I, I'll certainly be happy um, from yes. that. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of No Excuses Real Inspiration hosted by Scott Marshall. So if you can, give me a wee follow on my YouTube channel, give me a wee follow on Spotify and you can give a wee listen to this on Apple and Amazon as well as well as other social media platforms. Thank you.